You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Hello, hello. Greg Hectus. Right. And Tony Gross. Evening, gentlemen. Boy, is it good to be back. Welcome back. And yeah, we're back to our normal uh, record time that we've had for, I don't know, maybe two or three years. Uh, we had to change it due to the coronavirus, due to my work situation. Uh, they changed my scheduling around, but they've now put it back. So here we are back at our normal record time, 645 Eastern Thursday. So we're going to mix up the script a little bit. Uh, waiting for Evan. He's finishing up the IMS uh, All-Star Race. And uh, he'll be joining us, and then we'll go through uh, the Coke race and so forth. Uh, so, Tony, take us uh, right into topics. Well, the first one is uh, certainly one that I like to see a lot and uh, don't have a whole lot of context for this, but it's a it's a tweet from Bobby Zielinski um, talking about his, uh, his duct tape setup and almost got to give him a gold medal for this one. He's um, Something happened. He's got an Xbox controller taped to his taped to his wheel. So we're not too sure what happened. Uh, maybe something busted in his rig. Maybe this is what he uses for his, um, for a button box on his wheel. If that's the case, two thumbs up, man. Um, and you know, generous, uh, amount of duct tape kind of makes me, uh, blush a little bit, but, uh, wish we had a little bit more to see what happened, why he's using this. Um, but we don't have that. So we can just admire the, the silvery goodness of this picture that he put up on the Twitter. Uh, and you're not kidding. It's the, like layer after layer of duct tape. It's like a bunch of it. And I'm thinking, boy, it's going to be hard to get that off the wheel, you know, when he's ready to take this off. But, uh, you know, Bobby's in a, a high profile racer. He's in the Porsche series. He's in the Coke series. Uh, he's racing, uh, I think, rally and all kinds of stuff. Well, now this is not the first time that we have seen a high level driver, um, employ the use of this wonderful substance. Um, I believe it was Ty Majeski actually used uh, four rolls of this to, to prop up his laptop. Uh, one picture, this is this is quite some time ago that I saw that, but um, yeah, it, you, listen, man, you got to do what you got to do. And w when you're, you know, when you're at a crunch, um, this is the way to go. Yeah. Good job, Bobby. Uh, yeah. It'd be interesting to see uh, what that was all about. Lot to find out, but let's uh, move on to the next story. And it was really uh, the big one of the week was North Wilkesboro is back, boys. And uh, not only did NASCAR race it uh, on Saturday, but uh, they released it, I believe, on Monday for purchase. Uh, so we had a bunch of stuff leading up to that. First, uh, a great video by Dirty Mo Media bringing back Wilkesboro. Um, what do you guys think of that? It was pretty well done. It kind of showed them working on the track where they had to clear off all the weeds and, and, uh, get everything cleared off the track so it could be scanned. See, I liked, um, the thing that got me was, is it, I thought, I honestly, in my mind, I pictured a lot more people kind of doing it, but it, obviously the weather wasn't conducive for them to maybe attract many people out there, but also the situation, nobody likes hard labor, but, um, I actually like the process of seeing how they scan the track and, and knowing the details on how long it actually takes to, to do some of that stuff. Like they're there for a couple of days just to scan it. 
Yeah, and uh, they had a road crew, I think they said from Bristol Motor Speedway, the or the track crew who takes care of the, the track, they came with all their equipment. Um, you know, they had equipment and all the right stuff to do it. And basically it was just to make sure the weeds and the cracks and stuff uh, were cleaned out and then the stuff up against the wall. And then they kind of went through some of the, I saw some of the pictures, they showed some of the stuff like the, the, the hot or the area where they would uh, get food and then there was the garage that was collapsed. Yeah, pretty cool that they put that video out. Um, and so after that, uh, what else do we have? We had a, a Twitter from uh, Greg Hill that indicated that Nashville Fairgrounds has already been scanned, which I think we knew that. Well, if we didn't know that, um, it after the uh, after the video that that Junior played on on his YouTube channel, uh, it was like a, a bit of a Q and A, and he certainly confirmed that. But I believe we have covered that in the past. But it, there's a couple things dropped from him. Yeah, Hickory Motor Speedway is also coming to iRacing. Uh, Dale Junior had said on that uh, feed you were talking about, on so that was out on the Twitter. Um, talking about that. So it's pretty cool to have all these short tracks coming, uh, NASCAR oval style, like uh, old old school style. I think that, you know, obviously we'll get into talking about that race later, but um, having these tracks kind of brought back uh, some of the, you know, you could see some of the people have more passion for, for some of these things and, and you know some short track racing is what we've been wanting and all these short tracks went away and went to these cookie cutters and kind of we're kind of hoping for some of these tracks to get some good racing in yeah greg hill uh said on uh, the tweet tweet that as far as nashville fairgrounds uh, he said work is already underway because they've already some other details that greg put out uh, thank you greg hill who's one of our listeners here at the iRacers lounge but he gives us a lot of material too. And on the Twitter, uh, he put out another screenshot showing uh, the original picture of the RVs that are up on the banking at North Wilkesboro that they recreated in the sim, kind of overlaid over the sim. Uh, really good as far as how they matched it up. I, I mean, have, when you guys look at them going down the backstretch, what do you think of those RVs up there? Does that look kind of retro? I think. Someone commented, didn't they say that the RVs looked a little bit more modern than what that should have been out in that time? I, I don't pay attention to that kind of details like some guy people do. Um, but uh, it's good to see what kind of photos they were working from, right? Well, I think somebody was saying the RVs were only there like the last year or two. Um, but before that, forever, there were never RVs. So they were saying they shouldn't be there. But no, they're trying to recreate a specific period, a specific year. Oh, I can I can certainly confirm those are eighties RVs one hundred percent. Squarish, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the best part about those things is if you go inside them, they'll have decor from the sixties. They all the insides always seem to be about twenty years behind, but that's totally off topic. But just a little something something there. Oh, if, can you do the control F twelve and then fly over there the, on the camera and like go inside the RV? I wonder if you, they have it all like you know fit out inside. Well, I mean that might be uh, that might be an idea. Hit the control F twelve, and uh, if you can't get inside, at least you can go and have a tailgate. Go stand on the top of the RV, right, and watch the rain. Well, speak speaking of using the F twelve, maybe you can use the F twelve and go around searching for other things on the track, right? 
So uh, it looks like the NBC uh, Twitter page uh, posted up. I guess everyone, we all know that Earnhardt and uh, uh, Steve Myers is in in every. Uh, they're in every track. There's a there's somewhere in there as the fans are doing something, and I guess um, they found uh, them at North Worksboro in the uh, souvenir shop. So yeah. um, it uh, looks pretty interesting from the picture. Um, I don't. I've never uh, looked around to see all to find them all the time, but uh, it's funny that they do that little Easter egg or Where's Waldo type thing in these uh, racetracks. Yeah, they showed this on the broadcast briefly. I think Mike Joy mentioned it, um, and they showed a picture of it. But yeah, it's in the souvenir shop, so you can find it. Uh, they, I think somebody on the Twitter uh, who replied said that you can also find them in the yacht out in the water off Phillip Island if you go out there and look for a boat. That's funny. And then points, but I thought they weren't taking points. No, but people could, uh, kept points, and uh, how'd it go? I guess we'll cover it here right now. Um, so the uh, Pro Invitational, the, uh, what do you call it? The, just taking the points for what for what it was. Um, Timmy Hill takes it takes the win, and a comfortable win at that, it looks like. He, he was... It was by far between him and William Byron, the most consistent drivers in that whole thing with the rest of the top five, pretty much relatively the same race by race, but it was, um, so Timmy Hill takes first, Garrett Smithley second, Denny Hamlin third, William Byron fourth and Landon Castle fifth to fill out the top five. Yeah. I think the real winner out of that list must be Landon Castle. You got to look at him. He was out of work. He's not had a ride before this stuff happened. And he's turned it into an opportunity. In fact, he's doing business as we speak with a bunch of people. And we'll talk about that later. But um, it's it's turned into a job for him. And, uh, you know, that's pretty cool to see him do well. But, yeah, Timmy Hill uh, took the points. If Congrats to him. It's, a, it's good for him to showcase what he's about. All right. Well, hey, uh, we got – let's just keep moving down the road here. Uh, Tony, tell us about what Clint thinks about this coronavirus stuff uh, wrapping up. Well, it uh, it sounds like he's pretty darn excited. He's uh, let out a picture on a on the Twitter's um, about ready to to load up his his uh, dirt late models, and they are all wrapped up, looking pretty with uh, full eye racing sponsorship all across the sides of it. So uh, he's there's there's going to be a lot of beer drinking this weekend. Is got a lot of racing happening. I actually really like the way that that's designed. I, I think that's actually a really nice uh, wrap on that car. Yeah, this is fresh. I think I, it does. It's different. Than it was last year, right? I want I li- to say it was more white. Oh, sorry, Tony. No, I was just gonna piggyback right off that. I, I like the fact that they they got rid of so much white. It's just you know blue and red with the white accenting. It uh, it looks extremely sharp. I like the white border coming out of the eye racer as well becomes part of the striping so to speak yeah that looks really slick it, it's a really nice update to the paint um and boy you can really tell you know when you first just glance at it it's the iRacing you know colored i think it's good that iRacing is sponsoring uh these real life uh, events like these dirt cars and stuff so uh cool to see we'll be watching so almost a little bit late to the party, but jumping on the sim racing bandwagon is the W Series eSport League. Um, the women's series actually started last year. I remember several American racers went over to audition, and um, they put together a women, women's only formula series, basically. 
and they're going to be running some uh, tracks. Uh, looks like a 10 race season they got set. I don't know which car they're running yet, but they're going all over the country, including Watkins Glen uh, and Coda, even going down to Australia. It'll be interesting to watch. So where do they pick the field from, or is it just anybody can enter? That's uh, obviously a female. Um, I don't know if they're bringing in non-W Series members or not, but I, I know that some of them are actually an people who, who drive the who actually are in the real W Series. Totally. Like uh, already female racers that were invited to to try out kind of thing. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. There's there's a division. They ran a season last year. Um, oh. The W Series ran a real season in mostly Europe last year. I think they came to Coda. I don't th- I don't remember if they went to the Glen or not. Um, but obviously this year they're shut down, and there's a lot of places in Europe that are going to be shut down way longer than us. So it's eSports, so they're doing iRacing here. Yep. Okay, just to be clear, because it, it's really blurry lines right now. <laughs> well, you got, and you got responsors there to uh, back them up too, so uh, good luck for them, because that looks like it'll be a fun series, some good tracks. Well, I'll just want to watch it. I, I, I'm curious to watch it and see how they race. You know, uh, we don't see uh, a lot of females on the track in iRacing. It's very, very rare. And uh, to see a whole, you know, split of them, <laughs> so to speak, all together, uh, what happens when they wreck? Do they start yelling at each other like we do? I mean, uh, welcome, Bobby Jonas. I see you joined us. Okay, here huh? you. There you are. Nope, hey, I lost you. You're not putting out any sound there, Bobby. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to watch. Uh, so when it, you know, hopefully it's broadcast and all that. So, Greg, tell us about some of the most recent patches. So I got two fixes here. So the first one, um, obviously, was just a, a patch. Um, I guess it's a Season 2, Patch 8. Um, so some of the release notes on it. Uh, so the, there's a race control uh, to fix an issue uh, where towing during... Parade laps would uh, not correct uh, correctly be recognized as a missing start toe, so that's fixed. Um, I don't know, uh, maybe Bobby, if he's got his sound here. The, it looks like the Chevrolet got a banner update. I don't know um, what part that was wrong with it. Was it just a wrong, something wrong with it to begin with? Um, then there's some port. The Porsche came and got some branding. Um, Looks like the 919 got another balance of power adjustment. Uh, David, do you know anything about that one? Have you tried it? Um, did you say the Porsche? I had yeah. not looking at the notes. Did they they boosted it back up some? That was increased power, to 350. Yeah, 350 kilowatts. So that means they just gave I'm, it back some power, right? I guess so. I've been, it still runs out of pretty fast because they nerfed it really hard the last time. I ran a Silverstone race earlier, but uh. I'm not so good there, so I wasn't, I guess, and I didn't, I didn't, I don't know when the patch kicked in, so I don't know, I didn't, it wasn't as noticeable of a difference. And then just to follow up, there was a, there was a, so, uh, some track updates, uh, the Barcelona got uh, some visual curb, or visual settings, uh, and some curbs uh, fixes for that were disappearing, I guess, on some graphics settings, uh, Road America um, got fix some graphic issues as well some signs were updated and then texas had an issue with the grandstand disappearing on low graphics so they fixed that so that's the first one and then obviously the one that was hot fix number two kind of here was the big part of it this one is north Wilkesboro being added um that we got it now 
um, because it was in such a high demand um, and people were really wanting it. So uh, we got it early before the season two build or yeah, season two build. Yeah, why not? You know, it's already done. They already raced it. It, it worked out real well. So why not? I guess it would be season three build, right? Yeah. Okay. But, Next up, uh, we got a uh, Tony Gardner making an appearance on the forums. Uh, he said uh, he counts potentially six new cars coming in this build and much more. Um, so we'll talk about two of those later. Um, another thing that happened last night, Greg Hill was... Uh, I guess teasing us a little bit on Twitter, he he put out a picture of a track and it, it's and it had like a guy uh, from KFC, uh, the Colonel Sanders up in the bleachers, and then it just showed the wall, and he's like, guess this track and the person in the grandstands, and you'll win fifteen dollars in iRacing credit. And so I guessed, and I guessed that it was the. Uh, nashville race uh racetrack with colonel sanders um i don't think i was right uh dale jr replied he said that's not nashville but then greg showed off a screenshot of nashville which they are working on. and i think that's the first time we've seen a screenshot of nashville wasn't rockingham for the uk supposed to be coming at some point that's what they were suspecting in there too i think there was a bunch of people saying it was rockingham too that's gonna get well, if there's a Colonel Sanders, shouldn't it be something out of Kentucky? Well, you know, I was thinking that. And so when I was trying to reply to this and win the $15, Tony, I went on Google, of course, and I searched uh, Kentucky racetracks. And it showed a map, and it showed dots of racetracks on the map. And then what did I see on the map? I saw the word Nashville. So I'm thinking, okay, you got the KFC guy. He's from Kentucky. There's the Nashville Speedways close by. I know that's one of them. Maybe that's it, but I don't know. Did we ever get an answer to that? Or Well, if you scroll down on the thread, I don't think anyone actually, you know, won it. Or he didn't say, you know, what was right. Why is there just being hush-hush about giving out the money? Someone you can win it, but you got to be quiet. Well, it's 15 bucks. It's not like their family is all of a sudden going to start calling them and asking for them to buy them a car. One guy <laughs> is saying maybe it's Memphis. So, yeah, we've got stuff coming, guys, that's for sure. I've actually been on the Memphis track. It's a good three-quarter mile. Okay, very good. Tony, uh, they need more help. Yeah, Mike, I think this one was actually directed uh, a little closer to you. Do you know anything about uh, software or web development? Because they're looking for someone. And, and well, the, the catch line at the front was, come help us develop the UI you dream about. And, uh, well, we know you're not very... Uh, very too you know too enthused about this this UI up to this point anyhow. Yeah, I would love to be involved as a subject matter expert. I can't code worth being. <laughs> well, anybody that can code, this position is open to um, anyone eligible for U.S. employment, and they're located in uh, Kelmsford, Massachusetts. What a career opportunity some of these things are. If you you know if you're in that area, but that's just you know I think if. I felt like I was in that field and wanted to do it. Like, that's a good opportunity. Like, David Flowers just got out of coding. Yeah, but I think he likes what he's doing better. It is a good opportunity. So if you're a web developer, go help him fix that beta UI. Well, one thing the web developer probably wouldn't be working on is the meatball flag that'll, that won't get cleared sometimes if you do a driver swap. Uh, but according to Randy Cassidy, there is a fix coming up in the next build. Okay. I don't do much of that, so I would be aware. 
I've never yeah. come across it myself. But um, on a more exciting news, the iRacing Top 10 Highlights came out. I gave this a watch earlier today. Um, some pretty funny moments, some some how did, how in the world did that car not get involved in the wreck moments? But the, the last one, uh, the number one, was hilarious. It was the Pro 4 trucks uh, racing at Daytona, and they finished the race on the in, on the grass. Yeah, that was crazy. I wasn't expecting that at first when they all fanned out down in the infield into the grass. And and I, it was a little unexpected because I didn't see that race apparently. But uh, very interesting that I, I think we should try that as one of our fun races. Yeah, no double yellow line rule. That would be awesome, trying that as a as a, one of our, our races. Yeah, I really enjoyed the top 10 highlights. There was some good stuff in there, actually. And I think this is actually a separate item, but I didn't give it to anybody. Uh, we also have a tweet showing that Elliot and Hermie Sadler were running a session on their own uh, at Kansas. And it just said the lobby name was entitled Sad. <laughs> this is funny <laughs> because this is ongoing. This isn't just like a one-time thing. I saw this again last night when I was looking and hosted. It was just Hermie and Elliot in there, and it's called Sad. That's what they call their team, apparently. Uh, the the server's name is sad, and uh, so maybe it's you know one of those acronyms, you know, like Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Or well, I, um, I know Elliot's main charity is uh, autism, so which that would make sense, I think, for that, would it not? I can't remember what the acronyms for it. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. But it's when uh, I think of Hermie uh, trying to do sim racing, I'm thinking sad is probably the right term. Okay, <laughs> sorry to perk it, poke at uh, Hermie. Phil. Do you uh, need to learn how to drive at North Wheelsboro, Mike? Well, I haven't bought it yet, so. Missed the topic, but we'll go to that. Yeah, I skipped a topic. but it, So we can jump back and talk about iRacing coronavirus run. Yeah, well, this was a nice article. Yeah, so um, the uh, Charlotte Observe had an article by Alex. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. It's Andrev. Andrev. Sorry about that, but... Um, just an article talking about, you know, how the coronavirus, uh, iRacing t- kind of took advantage of the coronavirus, uh, what happened. And, and it, it, it's going to be something that people are going to remember um, from years to come now because of it. And something that um, is there that, you know, it's, it's even a, thinking about it, it's also an option if, you know, if anything ever happens again, they could always do this again type thing. But um, the thing that stands out in it was uh, before the final uh, race of the Pro Invitational at North Worksboro, um, iRacing executive Steve Myers sent a company-wide email to the uh, to all employees, and it said, "I told them that someday down the road, when people get a chance to reflect on 2020 and what happened with the sport, I think we're uh, we're going to be something more than just a minor footnote." And that's you know, I. I will know talking about iRacing, and I'm guessing when we get down to the end of the year and we're going to do our year-end show, this is going to be a huge thing about it, right? Like, we're going to be talking about how iRacing took the leap with NASCAR and and basically put themselves on the map, right? Good or yeah. bad. Pivot point. I mean, they pretty much helped themselves drive revenue for themselves for this year, you know, adding, what did we, I think we were, said we were 50,000 subscribers, which is crazy. You know, they probably right. didn't even, they probably, 
when they started out for this year, I don't know if they, they've obviously come up with a budget of what they think maybe is going to happen this year. They probably didn't expect to get an influx of before the halfway point of the year to have 50,000 new members. Meyer said the company's added 60,000 customer subscriptions over the last two months, more than it's added over the course of an entire year since launching in 2004. I just finished up uh, the Door Bumper Clear broadcast this morning, and uh, it was, uh, you know, Brett isn't particularly fond of of iRacing, but it, at the same time, he was really complimentary of them today, pointing out that it basically kept our sport, NASCAR, and we, we sim race, but we also love the real thing, um, kept our sport relevant when so many others couldn't be. Well, I mean, is this going to be our 1979 Daytona 500 moment for iRacing? You know, when the whole world's basically shut down, you got television locked in. It's interesting to compare those two things, Bobby. That's a good point because what in 1979, everybody was snowed in. That's why they got so many, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, giant stuff. Like that's it's a it's it's great to see that we had this. I mean, yeah, there's there's some bad moments to it that we're gonna remember, and but I think all in all, the positives of this all were you know we now. The platform forward too. Like if you think of all the updates that came, that probably never would have come. Right, they were uh, kind of year. forced. And maybe it's helped iRacing figure out what they can and can't do too. Maybe if you know they know what kind of stat. Like in this pandemic, like um, a lot of video game companies or software companies were scaling back, working from home, and having delays. iRacing never had any delays doing all their stuff, and that's great to see. Right. So. Yeah, you mentioned about like, <clears throat> excuse me, some good, some bad, which of course, I mean, that's that's basically with everything. Um, was it the, the first televised NASCAR race? The end had a fight, right? And oh, a lot of us think that's that's just right awesome. And then there'd be a lot of people absolutely flabbergasted that they would be doing that kind of thing. Um, kind of same here, right? Like, you know, no press is bad press, so any, any kind of publicity is good. And, you know, there's there's been some... Uh, guess if you want to, for lack of a better term, controversy um, with some of the things going on. But, you know, that's the stuff that's um, going to keep that iRacing uh, name, you know, tossed around. And then, you know, there'll be a lot of good stuff being able to, you know, talked about it. Well, this happened. Yeah. But, you know, um, it, it basically filled a void. Um, you, ain't, you just couldn't get anywhere else. And, um kind of gave us uh, something to do. I know my wife is extremely thankful because I was able to keep on top of the laundry every week. So, um, you know, lots of good stuff about it, but you need that. Sometimes you just need that controversy to, to really make it uh, explode and blow up and, and reach other people's ears that wouldn't normally uh, just tune in. Well, do you think too, with this and I, and with the way you're saying there, Tony, about, you know, people recognizing it now, that symbol of the iRacing symbol, now that it's been out and on broadcast and things like that, when you see that, sponsorship on a car or that logo it means something now right to people like it's going to mean a little bit more than it did in december or january of this year or of last year i don't i think if they don't start pushing t-shirt and hat sales are missing a huge opportunity right now well yeah 100 percent. not only that like uh you know get get those stickers on more cars um get those stickers on more cars that are in front of tv cameras so you know it uh their brand stays you know relevant i mean they're they're always going to be relevant to um a huge majority of us that are you know we're kind of like super fans but um just just keep pushing that brand it's 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 all about you know getting the brand out there and and uh and keeping that relevance but shirts hats yeah like 
uh, it's they, they've had the catalyst and now it's time to rock and roll. I think another thing, they don't have a big presence at a racetrack either when NASCAR goes to town. I think they really need to look at that. I know they do for the, like the Rolex 24, but we get the Daytona 500 in town. There's no iRacing presence that's visible to the fans. Last time I was at Martinsville, they had one rig set up uh, running where you could take a few laps around Martinsville. Yeah, other than nothing from the i you know the iRacing core brand. I you know I want to point out something. You know, if it was 2019, the fall of 2019, we're sitting here on the podcast and we talking about what's how do we make this sport grow? How do we make eSport grow? How do we make the Coke series grow? How do we get iRacing, you know, get better and bigger? What we were saying is, man, we want the Coke series to be broadcast on NBCSN. That's what we were saying. That was the best thing we could think up and dream of. And look at where it turned. I, we never dreamed that there would be a, this pandemic with a virus that forced everybody to stay home and, and NASCAR stopped and all racing stopped and everybody started doing e-racing and I mean, who would have dreamed something like that could happen and 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 take the iRacing product, not even to the part we were dreaming about, but way higher and just so much more exposure. It's just amazing. Well, and it was every series, too. It wasn't just one platform that tried to, you know, use iRacing. There was V8s. There was World Outlaws. There was the IndyCar. Like, it was great to see. Once one jumped on, they all did. Yeah. Well, we basically got like a two-month iRacing commercial, basically showing um, the majority of what iRacing has to offer, and like it. And they said it like there's there's no money exchanged. You know, you can't put a price on that. You just can't. Um, it's it's unbelievable. But uh, kind of back to what you said, Mike, about um, you know how we were talking back at the end of the last season, uh, getting the Coke series on uh televised more often now my hope and wish is that they would do that because and you watch those guys every every other tuesday night man that is some seriously good racing you know like uh, the nascar guys yeah it's intense but those nascar guys you know they went out there they put on a good show um you know but fun and having a good time and you know that was uh that was the underlying message that that's what you know they were all trying to do just kind of take a break um these i racing uh coca-cola i racing guys like you know, they're racing for some pretty serious money and they all take it very serious and you know <laughs> those guys are door to door lap after lap you know it's it's like what you would see in real life like these guys these guys take it very seriously and um if they could get a, you know, if they could get that broadcasted every other week, um, and that that would show the world like the real iRacing product, like what it is really all about. Yeah, great idea. I mean, NBC and and Fox they obviously benefited from all of this. I think I think they would want to do what you're wanting to do, but I think the problem is they can't commit to that because nobody can commit to nothing right now because of the way the nascar schedule is we don't know if we're racing on wednesday or saturday probably both you know so they got to have a lot of broadcasting to do as well so you know can they commit to doing the iRacing stuff too i'm sure it's probably like a wait and see but um but all the pieces are in place you know those communication channels between drew adamson at iRacing and the guy 
who actually runs the board at Fox and NBC is there. They have the linkage, you know, to push a button and they have the feed. Well, was not the original plan uh, before the uh, the breakout to have the playoffs, the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. And we're going to be covered. Yeah. I think that's what they're, I'm thinking in the fall, like obviously it's going to be a compacted year. Like if all the sports open up later on this year, like it's going to be really hard. Um, I know NBC and that's, you know, kind of, they've kind of uh, said they're going to do it, but they're, when the NFL and the obviously NFL doesn't run two nights, but um, you know, NHL baseball, all that stuff, when it gets going in the fall, like, yeah, they've committed to us, but how much is going to change with that? We don't know if that's going to be there, but if they do get to it, I'm hoping that everybody gives it a chance to watch it and we can get more support for the next, the following year when maybe we're back to normal or some sort of normal. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think everyone's on the same page. I, it could have been better. I mean, I, I'm a, I was critical the last few weeks of some of the officiating and stuff and, and sure that could have been better, but, but, you know, like Tony said, there's a lot of stuff going on, some ups, ups and downs. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, you talked about Landon Castle. Um, he put up another uh, how-to video. And uh, I checked it out. He basically is teaching you how to drive the North Wilkesboro track. And uh, the key thing I got away from watching it was he was saying, you got to ignore those lines that are painted on the track. They don't mean nothing as far as the groove goes. And so the groove... Uh, the way he taught it was actually by looking at those lines on the track and you would start up above the third line, third dotted line and drag it way down below the, the first one, at, you know, going in and, and with the elevation changes, it, it's kind of unique how you have to get around there. So if you buy the track, I think that's a, it, you know, take a minute and watch that. And, uh, it seems like, uh, Landon's putting some really good material out. Okay. Uh, Tony, we got remote SIM support. If you want to hire it. Yeah, this comes from uh, asimracingnetwork.com. They offer a remote SIM support service, which uh, from my understanding of this is it will basically get you up and running um, to the best of your computer's ability uh, without you even having to touch anything. They'll just take over your computer, do it all for you. Yeah, and there's a lot of SIM racers who get stuck on issues. You see them in the Facebook uh, groups, you know, begging for help, uh, $75 an hour for remote SIM support. Um, he has a, a website. It's called a SIM racing network.com. Yeah. I'm sure this is gonna, you know, could possibly help out a lot of people. There's a, a lot of, you know, little tiny intricacies about iRacing, um, that, yeah, it can certainly take some time. I mean, I, I still learning. I've been on the sim three, four years now, and I'm still learning new things, um, you know, here and there. So, yeah, maybe maybe it's worth a few bucks to to have somebody come and help you out, so you can just you know jump on and go. Well, even I know, like if you know if you do a fresh install or something like that, like I I take screenshots of everything so that I know what to go back to. Like you've it's, you've programmed stuff over the years that you know, you, you don't think you've done and then you want to, you know, refresh your install and if something doesn't work right, you know, you could lose something there and and have a problem, right? There are so many settings in the app I and I that I've you're right, you know, you'll never get those back. Yeah, if you do go do an install, save your iRacing dump that that can pretty much save your settings. But I mean some people like if you're doing it like the only reason I say I do it that way is just because 
if I do a fresh install, like, you know, if you get like a virus or something and you originally want to just make sure there's nothing corrupt in there, you know, you got to be careful, right? Yeah. So this guy's Big name's Jose. Um, I found him on Facebook. He was looking for work. Um, I told him to email me his information and he did. And uh, seems like a professional from what I can tell. He's got a nice looking website here. Says he'll help you with uh, software, hardware, and SIM support at $75 an hour. And you can usually take about one hour to complete a full setup. So if you need help and you just want to get quick set up, you know, and you just don't know how to use a computer and stuff, this guy might help you. He said he uses FaceTime and uh, TeamViewer to make it work. Now, uh, if he's good at setting up the computers, maybe we should talk to uh, NASCAR, uh, NASCARism, or sarcasm, to see how he can set up a t-shirt. I don't think he needs help. It looks like he's already got one made. I love it. I'd buy it. So we recently had an interview with Barney, the flagman, and now he has merchandise. I call the next step is to actually have an action figure. Like like a, I could see him becoming a trophy someday, like Miles the Monster. <laughs> That's a really good idea, actually. The, uh, the only thing missing from the shirt, and this goes along with what Tony was saying to advertise, like if, if this could ever become a shirt, that needs to have the iRacing logo on the uh, flag stand there. Well, it's not his uniform, but it's kind of blocked at that angle. Yeah, but so, that's a, that was a good image. Who gets credit for naming for the naming of Barney? Was that just Mike Joy making something up on the first show? Was that the where it originated from? Or was Because obviously that was... The I think so. was written afterwards, right? Yeah, I don't think we referred to the flagman as Barney before the NASCAR guys and all that. Oh, Unless I'm mistaken. He's Barney forever now. Exactly. So now we got a name for him. Pretty cool. I mean, it'd be cool. If, I mean, the shirt looks wearable. I mean, I would buy that if it was for sale. The people were asking, uh, where did you get it? But there's no reply. It's not, I, I think he just had one made up or maybe he mocked it up, but it looks like it's real. I think it's, it looks like that's a, a normal size sheet of paper. I think it's a pressed on one that you can just do yourself. You print it on your printer or something. Yeah. I've done that with, uh, I did that with, uh, Bobby Jonas's uh, logo for Chris scales, wife's, uh, our, the special race we did for her. The I, did, I put it on a shirt charity race. Uh, so now we'll go move on to, one of those questions that we finally got an answer to, Mike, we've been talking about it every week here, but Chad Wheeler 88 um, posted up uh, some stuff here. Uh, it was by Adam Stern that posted it, but according to Chad Wheeler, um, he's the owner, obviously, of WR1. Um, the company has made 300 rigs since it was founded a couple years ago and now has 100 more on order with hundreds of machines sold. WR1's revenue is far into the six figures, but Wheeler said he's been uh, reinvesting profits back into the company. Um, so, I mean, that's really good news. Like, obviously, he's taken advantage of what's been going on now is he's kind of sit, cornered this, the, uh, the quick um, put-together rigs um, that everyone ha has been bought, take, buying, and obviously now he's got a lot of orders for it. So it's good to see... Uh, that he's seeing a profit from it. You know, it's amazing that how many NASCAR guys got his rig. I think, how did that start? I mean, he had an in. I think it was Dale Jr. Uh, 
if you recall at Dale Jr., I think he bought not only one, but two. And he had them at the shop for a while at Junior Motorsports and, and whatnot. But I think when all this happened, everyone's like, oh, we need a cockpit. And then that's who got recommended. Well, like, isn't, I think, I think Boyer bought two because they have one for the, the Fox Harvick. studio. Harvick bought two because he had one for him and his son. I mean, Larson had like three in his shop, I think, when we had that one image. Larson already had his. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, they're, they're, they're like everywhere from guys that are, obviously, it helps when you have a name to go with it that's using it, right? Like, you know, I see my hero driving it. I want to purchase it type thing, right? What a gold mine for Chad Wheeler, you know, that guy who runs that company to get that kind of exposure. I mean, as a sim manufacturer, you couldn't, uh, just like we were saying before, you couldn't dream of this kind of exposure. Well, if he's if he's uh, been around for a couple of years and he's sold 300 rigs, he's got a hunter order. That's a pretty good jump. Like we're talking about, you know, maybe what they at the beginning of the year expected to sell maybe like 20 or 30 rigs this year. Well, now he's got 100 more, 50, 60, who knows how many more he's going to get from this. <laughs> All right, pretty cool. Uh, next up, uh, kickinthetires.net put up an article, Anthony Alfredo, on what everything has taught him. And um, a couple of quotes I'll read out of here. It said, I definitely have learned to manage tires, especially on the long run. That was my strong suit at Dover. I was very fast on the short run, too. But the biggest thing was only utilizing the speed when I needed to do it. And, uh, yeah, pretty nice little article here, uh, you know, showcasing uh, Fast Pasta. He streams uh, almost as much as I do. He's an animal. Him and uh, Landon, I mean, they're on there all day long. More than I am. Do you turn your stream off, David? Pardon? (laughs) Okay. And speaking of Landon, Tony, what do you got from him? Well, he's uh, put up... uh... A qualifying challenge. It's called Landon Castle Qualifying Challenge. One lap to win ten grand, and I believe it's sponsored by uh, Blue Emu. Um, is it just a? From what I understand, it you you sign up, throw your lap down, and uh, it's a, like a bit of an elimination style. Fastest lap, yeah. Yeah, last man standing walks away with a cool ten k. I about, looked into this. Sixteen dollars to get in. I wonder if Bubba Wallace is going to try for this. Blue Emu probably wouldn't let him in. The uh, the funny thing is, is Blue Emu is kind of just like all over the place now with uh, what they've been sponsoring virtually, right? Yeah. And it kind of goes to that all press is good press. So it's uh, going to be broadcast live on enascar.com Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this Landon Castle qualifying challenge. Um, he did this nine years ago, and they put up two thousand dollars, and now this time he's doing it for ten thousand. And he has a doc, uh, a Google Docs with the top forty, or uh, an ongoing spreadsheet of the times and the fastest so far. Looks like a twenty-seven five five two by Donovan Strauss. See any other uh, racers on that list you might well, recognize? Seth the Merchant, Time Majestic in there. Bob Bergeron. Bergeron's in there. Kligerman's 14th. Ty Majeski. Ryan Truex. Michael McDowell's in there. So the top 19 are within one-tenth. Pretty Kenny cool. Hump- Kenny Humpy's, Humpy's been around for a while, and he's up there. Yeah, pretty cool. I'll be watching that. That's going to be fun with it being an off week. I think I'm going to check that out. I was thinking about paying the 16 bucks just to 
See, but nah, I didn't. I don't like I, the pay to race. I can't hot lap. I, I just, it's not my strength. Okay. Shake and bake, David. So this is a, an Instagram post of a time-lapse shot and it's time-lapse so fast. You really can't even tell what's going on, but it, it looks like it's a time-lapse in, in about one second of an entire race. It's kind of cool. I like the, the part where when it's under yellow and the pace car is out, the headlight from the pace car illuminating outside of the track. Yep. The pace car looks funny at, in the, at nine on the tracks if you have the crowds turned off. Because it'll just, you'll see, it'll, uh, if it's stock cars, you know, even though, even though the stadium lights are on, that those headlights are still quite a bit brighter. Yeah, pretty cool uh, to see. Uh, I like these kind of time-lapse things. Kind of neat. Is that pace car speed good for you, David? It's pretty that, fast. That basically looks like Martinsville, doesn't it? <laughs> they fixed it. <laughs> they were like, I'll show you pace speed. Okay, we got it a would... tip uh, on Reddit, uh, Greg. <laughs> I don't know if this was a tip, but I, I think I've seen you do this before too, Mike. Haven't you tried this at uh, Bathurst? Oh yeah, this is awesome. So you can jump the. Uh, I'm trying to. I can't remember what the uh, turns called, but the, the the tires that are at the end of it at Bathurst here to try at the and bottom jump of your, the hill. Yeah, jump your way up to the Armorall Bridge, um, and uh, it looks like this person did it in the uh, the old uh, Grand Prix car. And it looked like uh, looked like a hell of a fun fun jump, but uh, I wonder what the uh, damage was to the car afterwards. You know, you, you can't drive them after you jump them that far, but it looks really good on the video when you can stick the landing. And he stuck it, and so I, I got to give this guy props. I've done this before with several cars, uh, the Indy car, uh, the Cup car, uh, this old uh, Lotus car. Um, and it's really, really hard to stick the landing because what happens is you fly off that jump and the car starts, the, the front end will lift or the back end will go over your head. And it all has to do with how you do the brake and the gas. And if, if you manage it right, you can keep the car level, which this guy did and land. But uh, yeah, Bathurst, that's the best place to try to jump on iRacing. I would take well, I also, would take one of the rally cars to it. Sorry, David. So it's also going to be really important running re the real rally tracks that, that was my problem the couple of times the reddit league would run a rally cross track is that i just i would kill the car on landing every time mike can i take this next one because it could go in hand in hand with what we just watched there uh yeah. <laughs> if you do it with this car uh if you do it with the one of the cars that has the new damage model i'm sure that wouldn't go as well as the landing is showing in that one but uh someone's pointed out iRacing's new damage model glitch uh Samuel uh, Duek or Duke, Duke, I don't know how to pronounce this. Dukey. Sorry about that, Samuel. Um, he posted a video uh, showing after he gets in a wreck, the the car is like completely destroyed. So he keeps driving down, and he's just kind of rolling away after the wreck, right? Yeah, and it looks like the car just spontaneously keeps blowing up, but keeps blowing the same, whatever the accident the first time it blew up it kind of duplicates it every time so there's tires coming out of tires that weren't there like <laughs> it was crazy i think i made the joke in our comment or in our messenger that um until they get unlimited tires in iRacing or not get rid of the unlimited tires in iRacing that's going to keep happening so i don't know it's quite that's a bad bug but uh, it's quite funny to watch so at the 11th second mark Literally, it's like a bomb went off, 
like all three tires that are left explode off the car and go flying in all directions. But then what happens is about 10 feet later, those tires kind of spontaneously regenerate onto the car again and explode off again. And another set of tires explode off again. And another set of tires explode off again. And as he keeps driving, uh, he's littering the track with his dozens of tires. And someone posted a video of that Xfinity race at Blockens Glen where uh, the one car exploded, where it reminded him of that. Um, but it's, uh, I just, is it just that track? Is it just the way he crashed that bug? Like, is it, it's the first video I've seen of this, so I don't know how, obviously, how common it's happened. It's well, one of those probably rare things that, you know, they'll have, they'll be able to go find a fix, but I, it was probably something that would be hard to find under testing. You know, there's so many different uh, places and on each track. Do you think if they would put a tire limit, it would solve this problem? That's what I was saying. <laughs> no, but it might solve some others like Martinsville. Oh God. Are you going to leave Martinsville in the past? Or are we just going to talk it's about over. it one more time when we I don't know. Some of us like to keep bringing up things from the past. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got a follow-up on a past story from the curbs. Yeah. I think this uh, was just talked about last week. If it wasn't last, it was the week before um, about how some curbs um, are actually like rendered properly within the sim and you go over them and it actually, you know, is, you know, bumps around like uh, the Roval and the, and the, the turtles they got there. And then other ones, um, are just kind of there, um, you know, like they're painted on. They don't really do anything. So Greg Hill uh, chimed in, and I'll just quickly read what he wrote because it's some really good stuff. So he just he wanted to point to, to Kyle, who had originally put the post up, said those are really well-done animations, and it does make clear that there is room for improvement. Um, improvement in iRacing is something that we're always pursuing, whether it to be rendering physics, artwork, technology, and the tools we have available to content with them. The solution in this case is art and rendering driven. We need to start 3D modeling these curbs and they need to display without rendering drawbacks. It's something we've long wished to do and in fact have begun to do it with our most recent tracks like the Roval and Hell. Now rendering capabilities have been added that have provided our artists the tool set required to do this efficiently and accurately. So we can expect to see more of that stuff going forward. So I guess the short answer to that is they just weren't able to do it um in the past and now that uh you know they've they've progressed uh, the way they do things and technology and blah 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 um <clears throat> that stuff is now uh, a reality so um yeah they're, they're gonna make it happen now whether they're gonna um you know go revisit some of the older tracks and, and bring them up to stuff i'm i'm sure they will i'm sure that'll just take a little longer than what most people would like but um it's there it's it, it's happening well, at least it's on a go-forward basis, you know. Well, and it's it's something that they gotta learn, or you know, software is evolving every day, right? So who knows what what you know? Even with that job posting, someone could bring in something, a way of doing something that they know, and it could help them further progress down the road. Like it's it's just getting the knowledge of how to do it and doing it. So it's good to see that going forward, we're gonna have more more accurate tracks. Yeah, very cool. I'm And yeah, it'll probably take a while to go back into the catalog and fix stuff. And it probably won't happen unless they're doing a rebrand or, or a, you know, a touch up kind of of the whole thing. So, well, I mean, what possibly could happen in the, you know, in the future as they, um, 
you know, as they get that down pack at, um, you know, better at doing that and they can figure out ways where it could almost be a copy and paste uh, type deal. So it, it may not even take um, all that long to, to implement those new changes on the older tracks. I know there were some people that were really diving into the details in that article or in that post about obviously different sounds that even could come from it because of how the, how the, each, each thing, obviously when we saw that one video, how it was going over each part of that curb, it would sound differently if they were tighter together or further apart. And if there's different sounds coming off of things. So I'm guessing at some point there's things like that coming because they have, uh, they have a new sound engine that they're working on still that we haven't heard in a while, right? Yeah, that should be coming. And forums. Remember, we were supposed to get new forums. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, it is an off week for NIS. So last night we had a fun race. Uh, Indy 500 practice. Uh, I didn't do so well. No, it was it was great uh, great to get out there. It was a good, um, good showing. Um, do we know how many were out there again? It was like 27. Is that what we said? Yes. So, um, first off, we want to thank everybody that did come out to uh, join, have fun with us. Uh, you know, it was good practice for us. Um, we want to congratulate Tanner J. Wilkins uh, or, or Watkins. Sorry, he uh, he was the winner of it. Um, it was it was uh, it was a really good race. Um, I know David and I were having a battle there for a bit until I touched the wall. Um, I know Bobby and I got into it a little bit there, um, but I, I, all in all, I just got some experience on what we need from the car for the 500 on Friday, and uh, I, I thought it was a fun race. Um, what did you guys take from it? I was learning how much uh, the car changes in traffic and not traffic, as and as the fuel burns off. That was the first time I'd ever been on in that car on an oval. It was a, it was also it was just a good chance. You you learn so much more when you do a race compared to just going out and turning practice laps. Yeah, I bought the car to run the race. I haven't, I never obviously bought it up until yesterday. And uh, I still hadn't set up the weight jack or any of that stuff. I did that today. So hopefully I'll be okay for the race tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I pretty much struggled was pushed into the wall and hit the wall many times. Yeah, you got to be, it, you're constantly figuring out where you want that weight jacker, depending on where you're, up behind somebody so you want to loosen the car up when you're right behind somebody but then all of a sudden if you turn down underneath them and get air on the front of your car you got to be careful not to turn it around too so it's kind of just a, a balance and then obviously picking the right fuel maps and things like that we were just playing around with a lot of stuff last night and i think we do need a little bit more speed out of the setup but uh it might be still something to just try for friday night and go from there for the other ones on the weekend if anybody else is going to race more than just one well, I'm I'm probably going to run them all because we also have the majors running on uh, Sunday night. And if I don't get shoved down, I'm sitting 18th on the grid right now. So if I don't get shoved all the way down to 34th, I'll make the pro one split. All right. You feeling good about making it in the top 33 there? No, I'm, I'm never optimistic about qualifying. Do you have anything left? Can you make another run? I can. I could uh, process. But looking at the people around me, I don't know that I could really gain much more than like 0.1 miles power. Which you're, so. That's open set, right? Oh, yeah. It is. It yeah, is. Okay. What do you think of our set? Are we okay with our set? Uh, we've already got something else uh, that uh, I'll upload later. Okay. We've got something it's else that came in from our other teammates. Well, very good. All right. Let's keep moving. A uh, quick note about the uh, 
what they call the PESPC series. Uh, they put out regulations, basically a PDF for this series. Now, this is kind of the pre-series uh, before the Porsche series. So before the Porsche series uh, runs, they run the Porsche eSports Sprint Challenge race, which is open to everybody. But it's a super session based on how you run throughout the week, the six days prior, the five days prior. And so anyway, because it's complicated, <laughs> they put out a document, a very nice document. I actually went through it and just kind of uh, read about the super sessions a little bit. Uh, they got all the dates and times, uh, how the points are calculated, prize money, you know, how is it awarded, uh, $500 for the winner, um, 400 for second, 300 for third, and so on. Uh, how to submit your paints uh, to race spot, uh, officiating penalties, that kind of thing. But man, if I was race, a road racer, I'd probably want to be involved in this just to see if you could make it into the, the, the split, you know, it'd be kind of fun. The super session. Okay, now we still haven't seen Evan uh, show up. I got a message that he's still doing the IMSA race. So we're going to still hopefully wait for him before we go through the Coke race. But let's jump back up to the NASCAR race and talk about what happened with the final NASCAR race at North Wilkesboro. Now leading up to that, we had some paint jobs released. Uh, Timmy Hill Man, that was kind of a neat uh, throwback, Bobby, to the skull uh, paint job with the green and white. Loved it. Yeah, it's a little different than what most people remember the skull car for, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, tobacco's bad, you know, chewing tobacco, or chew chewing tobacco. But the way, uh, you know, he made it look, uh, it, it came off pretty good. Sponsor was roofclaim.com. So uh, something to do with roofing, but uh, a, a neat throwback. I believe they're staying on the car for the real life events, are they not? Yeah, I think he did get, gain a sponsor out of all this. That yeah, out. I think they gained sponsor for the Cup Xfinity and the truck program out of it. All right, and then we had uh, the highlights of the race. Uh, I mean, what did you guys think? I, you know, officiating wise, I thought it was great. I, I didn't really see any problems uh, like I had in some of the previous races. Um, the racing think... was pretty good. I mean, some people got kind of shafted. The the thing that I always take from it when I'm watching it, the delay that we see from when the caution's thrown and we don't understand what's going on until they call out that it's caution just because it's and, and it takes so long to get to showing it. It it, it kind of just looks a little odd. That's the only thing that I've really noticed, um, especially when iRacing's throwing the cautions. Right. Well, I think part of that is them learning the delay between having the boost split and not being next to each other physically like in the real life situations would be. People are all virtual. You know, you got to remember that. And, uh, you know, when they go racing at Darlington this week, I think Fox is going to be virtual as well. I mean, Mike Joy and them are going to call the race just like they have been from the studio. Yeah, they use the same studio. So afterwards, we got um, highlights on Instagram from NASCAR and on Fox. Uh, we also got a radioactive, uh, so to speak. Um, we also got stats. I mean, the stats were the lowest of the season, but finishes with six of the top seven esports TV programs biggest ever at uh, 688,000. So do you think the reason that it was the lowest number is just still like the oversaturation? It's just people were finally getting tired of it because NASCAR is coming back? That and the newness is just fading. I mean, people always flock towards something new. 
It was Saturday, well, not Sunday. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that's probably the the biggest one. It was on Saturday. And that was. Uh, yeah, I forgot it was on Saturday. And it was a Saturday afternoon. It wasn't a Saturday night, too, correct? Right. I did watch it, but boy, oh boy, that was a whole week ago. Yeah, and it was a mother before Mother's Day, so that probably had something to do with it. But when you look at the the list here, I mean. Fox and I, I racing they have the top, uh, you know, six on the list. That's pretty awesome. And, and this these are is some... a list of everything. FIFA, NBA, Madden, you know, all that stuff. FIFA. FIFA. FIFA, FIFA. But you look at, other than, you know, they've got that FIFA stay and play cup. Um, but other than that, like the, uh, you know, the jump, talking like 200, 250,000 viewer difference. Um you know, and it's 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 all i racing, and these these are some serious freaking numbers. The hardest thing, i racing is a single person event. So like you're driving, you're the only person in it. It's it's easier to relate as a driver and and follow it for for, um, you know, you could get yourself behind the wheel and drive it. All these other ones are five or nine or a bunch of te- uh, member rosters. You got to go through a bunch of different players or you have a bunch of guys on one team there's just playing one position or two positions like it's it's harder to relate to it as as a fan watching it like if i'm watching the one thing like if you hear them talk about madden if you got a guy that understands madden's flaws to or cheats or whatever you know he could run the same passing play and and just be annoying for the whole game trying to get uh, points that way there's there's flaws in it i think it's harder to just watch when someone's can switch from the quarterback to a runner or in hockey you can switch from all the different players on the ice and stuff like that well in would you really be super excited to to watch tom brady handle an xbox controller playing madden compared to if you watching watching dell sit in a rig he's got a wheel He's got gas pedals. It's the thing. It's these. It's just closest to the real thing. No, it's not real. No, you're not gonna. It doesn't hurt when you hit the wall, but it's still the closest to the real thing you're gonna get. Well, you guys all make you know valid points, but one thing I wanted to to point out, like, um, you know, below below the i racing stuff is NBA and and FIFA, and you know we're still talking you know three four hundred thousand viewers. You know, that's not chump change. Um, but what that's telling me is like, you know, there is a need for this stuff. There is a want for this stuff, um, you know, in, in whatever type capacity. And, um, yes, it's, it's hard to relate for, you know, people like us that are seeing, you know, the, the eye racing, it is very much, uh, you know, it's, it is very much like a, a real type crossover. The other stuff are, are not, but it's, it's, um, it's, there, there's there's a change going to be happening is kind of viewers habits are, are are changing i mean it wasn't all that long ago i was one of those guys that's saying like well why do i want to watch somebody play a video game um when i could just play it and i i didn't understand it my nephew would watch it all the time watch all these different videos and stuff well now i'm starting to do that not so much with a lot of other stuff but even other people racing i'm i'm consuming that more uh you know the virtual racing i consume that a lot more now um than i ever had and i wouldn't be opposed to watching something else as long as it caught my interest um but i'm 
thinking we're starting to, you know, see more of a mainstream trend of this kind of thing happening uh, going forward into our future. I, I think the big question too is, uh, you know, it, these numbers that we have, are they inflated because of the regular NASCAR fan? I mean, they're the ones who inflated the numbers and, you know, with NASCAR going real racing again, if we were to try to put on an event, would we still have this kind of viewership? You know, would they still return? That's the question. Yeah, but there's also a, a young crowd that is sitting at home right now that can't go out and do anything and is on Twitch or YouTube or all these things. And it all of a sudden it just has to show up. And as soon as they click it, you know, there's a view or and then they watch it on that one week and they know they can watch it on TV. That's where, we're, you know, you're gaining people, right? And how many NASCAR fans have we actually pulled from the, the Twitchverse? Here's a good question. Anybody notice how far down the first F1 race is? Anybody think that's <laughs> due to platform? That is true. See, I was also looking at this too, Bobby. If you notice that the NBA seemed to get a lot of prime time to time on a Saturday, Friday night, Sunday night, that their numbers were high when they were on prime time. But then if you look down, like even the baseball, like, they kind of doomed it, the baseball ones, at a 10 p.m. start on a Sunday night. I mean, no, there's, yeah, there's people home and they're not, there's a lot of people that aren't working or are working from home. But, you know, 10 o'clock on a Sunday night is a rough time to try and show something broadcasted. F1's been replayed a lot, though. So, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of their issue is their platform they're choosing to use. I've noticed that with the Trans Am. I don't think Trans Am shows up on the list, does it? No. No. And I know that some some of the F1 drivers are they just don't want to they just don't want to be part of it so that they only draw certain names into it like I bet you that F1 thing inflates if you get if Lewis Hamilton and Vettel showed it up more like it depends on who's part of it as well right Well what if what if you were to compare like the the real life because F1 is not near as popular on this side of the world um would taking that into consideration would these figures that we're seeing you know basically tell the same story that you know maybe it is just kind of the way it is for you know this side of the fence i just like i think i think it if if iRacing went and did or if they didn't do this on iRacing they did this on nascar heat you'd probably see that f1 number for viewership you wouldn't see it, I think it also, like Bobby said, it, the platform makes the huge difference on it too, as well as all those other stuff are console games. If you notice, they're they're or F1 can be considered a sim on the PC, but it start originates on yeah, the console. Yeah, but same if there's internet connection and a computer car takes over for half the race. This is true. Um, that spot where I turned it off, I I just couldn't take it seriously at that but, point. But that's what I'm. If you look at the numbers, anything from below the iRacing. That's all console-based stuff originally. That some of it's been, you know, moves to PC, um, but it, it it console and and the PC things are a little bit different um, when it comes to um, how they how they're done too, right? Like I don't think you see that number if this is all part of if this is PlayStation and Xbox all in all these categories. There's it's just the way it's run. I mean, what? the world of outlaws has drawn almost 100,000 or well over 100,000, you know, a night. And that's, that's impressive for them. Yeah. That's what well, they would get on a regular broadcast. Right? Yeah. I was about to say, they don't even get TV broadcasted live that much. Do they? No, they stream. So that, that's a big step for them. 
Well, here's just something. Just your perspective, right? <laughs> something to ponder, guys. So, with what we've what we've seen with these numbers that we're staring at and discussing right now, um, could this, uh, you know, be a game changer for you know the F1s, the NASCAR heats? Could they take that information and apply what they've seen and hopefully learn from all of this and you know next year or you know maybe the following year do we see a better product from those guys do we start seeing some competition you know them leading more towards a sim type experience on um on those console uh type games no i doubt it I mean, yeah. it's two different. You're you're talking two different whole markets right there. It's the whole idea with the the NASCAR console version is you can pick it up, just play. You know, there's no, there's. I mean, you can't just pick up an iRacing controller, you know, iRacing account and go win a race right off the bat. Well, and they're designed, they're designed to try and like, if you look at PlayStation Four or Xbox, like PlayStation Four has over, over a hundred, a uh, hundred million units out there so they're trying to hit that demographic the easiest they can they're not gonna they're not gonna pigeonhole themselves by making a complete sim like even if you got like a gran turismo on a playstation they call it a sim but really not a sim like i think to be a sim you're putting in the time and effort that iRacing puts into it years upon years they just bring out a new product every year with that and just update paints and things like that it's and it's hard think- do you think they're going to be worried about a balance of power adjustment on a product that they've already got all the money they're going to get from? Yeah, you'll get one when version comes out. Pretty much. Let's, like, let's just hope it goes away. I mean, I, I find it nauseating that NASCAR on social media promotes it like it's an iRace or promotes it like it's a two, real race. Two different markets, though. That's what it's all about. Right, but the, to the fan who's like, oh, I don't want to miss anything, and they're looking at all that stuff. I mean, it's just garbage when they, they, they're talking about the heat race like it's an iRace. It, they're not comparable, and, and they compare them like they're the same thing. Have they put a heat race on TV? No, but they talk about aware. it like it's on TV, which is a joke, and I have commented on some of the NASCAR threads telling them as much. Uh, I think they cheapen their product by being affiliated with that. Well, it leads into one of the articles that we're going to talk about a little bit later um, about the anger over the IndyCar stuff that happened last weekend. However, um, I think we have a new guest. Ah, Evan. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, well, uh, let's finish up this NASCAR, and then we'll jump into the Coke stuff. So we, real quick, uh, Mike Davis put up a picture of Dale Jr.'s paint, which, by the way, I love the uh, Cross Sideways 8 which is uh, reminiscent of Ralph Earnhardt, I believe, and the way he ran his number, if I'm not mistaken. But Mike Davis indicates uh, he's got plans to make a die cast uh, out of this, wondering if anyone would buy it. I like. I don't like plain paint jobs, but that car actually really does like catch your eye when you look at it. Simple is good sometimes, right? So, I mean, we get so complicated on these paints. Maybe uh, going the other way is not a bad idea. It's real easy to read, you know, what they, they're trying to present, too, because it's got, you know, big red letters on a white background. All right, and then let's jump to the the other cars that were announced during the broadcast. Mike Joy uh, let the cat out of the bag, and they put a picture up on the screen of nothing other than a uh, 
1987 NASCAR Cup cars, a Chevy and a Ford. Uh, what do you guys think? Hell yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait. I, I, I've been looking at these every time they come up on like Twitter or something like that. They just, I don't know, there's something about it that just catches your eye every time. Racing. And you just want to, it brings you back a little bit to when mechanical grip meant more than aerodynamic. Right, look at the clearance underneath these cars. There's a shadow. <laughs> you can see the shadow. They're not like, you know, vacuumed to the ground. I am extremely excited about this. I'm not going to buy North Wilkesboro until they release these cars. Now, but I know nothing of this. Um, I, I didn't follow racing back then. I didn't follow racing until it was about 2010 when I started. Um, so this is going to be like completely new territory for me. Um, so I, I want to wait. I want to wait till the whole package is together. I'm going to buy it all. I'll probably buy both cars because I won't know which one I really like better. But I'm leaning towards the Chev. Um, that just it just looks so badass and. Man, am I ever excited for this. More than, I think, anything that they've released yet. Back when, you know, you could look at a car and instantly know the manufacturer based on the curves of the car. I mean, that Chevy's kind of got that boxy front. Uh, you look at the Ford, it's all rounded and smooth. I mean, they're so different and unique and signatures-like. Well, it's, it's one, like, one's like, like, you wouldn't have two cars nowadays that have different widths to them like they're they're definitely a, a different size car and you can tell the difference by the way that the, even just in the picture that you know you got a the chevy's a lot a lot bigger looking width wise it's beautiful and uh so steve myers announced uh, also that there will be an official series it will be named nascar legends uh for you tony Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna be jumping in there and you know gonna do my best to keep that car on the track. I know that one's probably gonna uh require for for me uh a bunch of practice laps. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm gonna jump right into that and I'm gonna try and run a you know, run a full season of that and see what it's uh what it's all about. But I'm I don't think I'm gonna be disappointed. So Saturday night on Twitter was gold because after the race, all the iRacing employees involved started, uh, you know, twittering out stuff about the cars and giving us more information. Uh, Kevin Inarelli, who's one of the scanners, he uh, posted up that him and Greg Hill finished the scan on the uh, Goodwrench Black Number no. 3 Chevy Monte Carlo at 3 a.m. at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. They actually slept a couple hours and then headed to North Wilkesboro to scan over there. So they scanned the car right before they went to Wilkesboro. Um, Winston Kelly uh, led them into the NASCAR Hall of Fame in the middle of the night to scan this car that's on display at the at the Hall of Fame. Freaking awesome. So with the lockdown and everything, why did they have to come in at 3 a.m.? I think it was just they were on the way to Wilkesboro, and it was just a timing thing. But I don't know. Well, they said they finished the scan at 3 a.m., so who knows how long they were there, but they, I'm sure they only had a certain amount of time. They could, you know, um, get everything done, you know, do the scan. And then they also had to, to do the track thing as well. So, um, yeah, <laughs> those guys are badass. Uh, just, you know, just giving her for, you know, for our entertainment, you know, dance monkeys dance. 
Now, I got to say, this is probably due to the coronavirus too. Would we have gotten this car scanned if NASCAR wasn't uh, involved and on Fox and with iRacing and everything that was going on? Would this even have happened? I don't know. Well, they would have scanned this back when they did it in December. So, right? So this is oh, okay. pre, pre, pre all this stuff because this is when they did the track. That's why they were on their way to that track. Now, he did pitch, uh, post a picture of his laptop uh, that showed the actual scan of the car. And when you look at it, you can see the sheet metal is bent on the front and rear quarter panels a bit. He's got some dents uh, and stuff. And it's amazing how accurate it actually looks. And when you look at the real car, you can't really see the dents because of the paint job and stuff. But with the scan, boy, it really stands out. It would be interesting to see see the process and obviously they had to guess where the panels were going to go right where it fills it they had to fill in those spots to make it a complete car right they're not going to put out the car with dents on it so they have to fudge it a little bit is what basically i wonder if that's the first car that they've encountered that with where they had to scan a damaged car basically so um we also had information that uh the bill elliott uh, provided the Ford from his personal collection in Dawsonville, Georgia. Um, and apparently uh, Chase Elliott had a lot to do with it to get it organized. Um, what else? I mean, it was just awesome that night to hear all those different things. The The best part is, um, I, I think the best one is, you know, all have seen that meme where uh, the guy is walking with his girlfriend and sees another girl pass by and is looking at the other girl. And someone's taken the uh, images of the card, the le- the legends, the, the 87 cars, and put it on the one girl's face. And then the girlfriend is the old uh, cup car, the old SS. <laughs> I know. It makes you want to think, you know. I mean, I don't think any of us are a huge fan of the current package, you know, with the high downforce on the bigger tracks. And, boy, these cars. And one more tidbit that came out on Twitter that night, uh, Steve Myers indicated the primary reason they picked 1987 after discussions with Dale Jr. and Daryl Waltrip, uh, and they debated the topic, is that was the last year they didn't have restrictor plates. Which will be a blast to go around Talladega and Daytona. Yeah. Well, the, the COT right now is unrestricted, and it's, it's, a, it's a hair-raising experience trying to get around Daytona with no restrictor. This will be similar. Is that the year that Elliot set that record to, is it 212? Must be. Probably in that car, too. All right, yeah. It was a, a good wrap-up to the season overall with the NASCAR guys going back real racing. I thought, you know, to do it on the North Wilkesboro to announce these cars. It would have been cool if the timing worked out where they could have raced the cars and on the track. You know, wouldn't it have been, I thought it would be neat if, if they would have raced these cars on that track is the final event. Yeah, no cliffhangers for this story here. That's a that's a hell of a wrap up um, to to drop this at the last race. Man, what a what an unveil uh, we got there. That was cool. Yes. Okay, let's switch gears. Coke, Evan, you with us? Hey, hey, you guys got me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, cool. Hey, thanks for coming. You were uh, on the IMSA broadcast. Uh, give us uh, ninety seconds. Uh, what happened there? 
Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys waiting up on me. I was uh, helping out behind the scenes, and we had uh, you know the the Porsches and the BMWs, the the Fords and the Ferraris out at uh, Road America, which even in a stock car is kind of one of my favorite road courses uh, on the service, and uh, it was a good race. I mean, most of the strategy in these kind of long races is the fact that we're throwing a yellow at halfway, basically a comp yellow. So the strategy really came down to who was going to pit before and who was going to pit at the yellow, and uh, it was the Porsches of Nick Tandy and company who uh, were, were good after the pit cycle. Lawrence Vanthor was with MP2, uh, but there was a bit of chaos, so I encourage everybody to go back and, and check that one out on the iRacing Twitch page. Uh, a couple of cars got wrecked and dumped in the second half, and uh, Nick Tandy won uh, in his Porsche, so uh, good to see them get a win. Of course, uh, the BMWs have kind of been dominating this series to this point. Okay, very good, and... Uh... So let's get into the Coke stuff. Uh, first of all, b- before the race, we had an announcement that was pretty cool. Uh, Garrett Lowe uh, put up that he uh, has been announced to be the recipient of the Alan Kowicki Memorial Scholarship and will be attending UNC Charlotte in the fall to study mechanical engineering with a concentration in motorsports. Uh, boy, uh, I mean, you're a Coke driver, you're trying to get into NASCAR. You get the Alan Kowicki scholarship. You're going to Charlotte, UNC. I mean, uh, I think he's doing the right thing, right, Evan? Yeah, he's on the right path. Uh, You know, there's a lot of people, obviously, in the NASCAR circle that are going uh, to UNCC. And uh, as well, there's, you know, a couple of our drivers as well that are graduating, uh, you know, in these next few weeks. So uh, I think that uh, for our next broadcast out, uh, we should highlight, uh, you know, all the drivers who are are graduating or or somebody in, uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, Garrett's case where, uh, you are doing the opposite, and, you, and you're headed off to college, and uh, super cool uh, as that tie-in. Like I said, a lot of people in the community go in there and uh, talk about being on the right track. He's he's in NASCAR on the sim in like a kind of an unofficial form, if you would, uh, but the mechanical engineering stuff with the concentration in motorsports is is big. I think UNC Charlotte, one of the only places uh, that actually has that program. Yeah, congrats to him on getting that uh, deal. Pretty cool. Uh, but let's jump into the race. Um I thought it was great. Uh, nice command at the beginning to start engines. Uh, it was a sergeant uh, with from the National Guard. Uh, kind of neat to get a Memorial uh, Weekend tie-in. Yeah, and we, we almost had an opportunity as well uh, to get a National Anthem because obviously we've been seeing that stuff uh, with Fox and whatnot. But uh, we did have the command to start engines, and that was, uh, that was super cool. That was uh, with, uh, if I remember correctly, First Sergeant Chris Barnhart and uh, they gave us uh, some kind of background that he's uh, a big NASCAR fan uh, and he's in the middle of a medical supply drop helping out uh, with the uh, combating the spread of, of COVID-19. So that was cool. And, uh, you know, our, our next race is one day after Memorial Day, but because it's after Memorial Day weekend and we were at Charlotte, uh, this was kind of our de facto uh, Memorial Day race. Yeah, pretty cool. And then uh, we get into the race. uh First incident was basically Casey Kerwin uh, got sent through the grass early, uh, saved it, saved the car. Uh, later off the race, he did put up a video of a different incident where when he was coming back up through the field, I think he got a top 10, uh, his computer actually froze going down the backstretch for maybe a second and a half. It was quite a long time. And uh, he came back and uh, obviously uh, had didn't wreck or anything, but what, it certainly had a moment. Yeah, I, I like to think sometimes, you know, uh, I was doing a broadcast last night where I, I dropped out of the session and I kind of had to reload back in. And I kind of think that that's like my version of a panic mode. But 
you know, screens going out, wheels disconnecting. I mean, there's there's so many different things that can happen to you. And uh, maybe Casey happy that they've got that uh, artificial turf on the newer scan of Charlotte because maybe that made the, uh, that, that first slide a bit more friendly. Yep. Uh, then we had caution lap seven for Phil Diaz. Uh, they all pit and uh, little did we know that was going to be it. Uh, going, going off after that was Leahy, Bolin, Conti, lead uh, Novak pits under green unscheduled at 34. Uh, lap 41, our lineup was Conti, Leahy, and Bolin up front. Yeah, Mike Conti had a good run. Of course, we saw uh, how he was doing uh, at Dover uh, the week prior, but uh, unfortunately, he he kind of ends up back in the back, uh, you know, kind of outside of the top 10 or so, kind of relegated to back uh, to where he started this one. But I mean, even at that point, like you said, we weren't really expecting that first one to be the only yellow. And I mean, it's an intermediate track. You guys were just talking about, uh, you know, this package with the uh, low horsepower and high downforce. And, and it does lead, I think, in the sim. Once you survive like five, ten laps, it can go green. Uh, but I don't think we went into the race expecting it to be the uh, cleanest Charlotte race on record. And it was. And I think that kind of factored into the strategy because you know when we when we eventually got to that kind of pitch strategy split i still think drivers were a bit skeptical on it going all the way yeah and that's what it was all about is when you were going to pit under green but lap 62 leaders uh leaders pitting uh starting the green flag stops uh Luza was leading lehi keiston uh bolin on lap 66 uh then 73 uh colin keister uh pits 76 uh, all the other leaders pit at that point so quite a, a variety there in between lap 62 and 76 uh those guys were kind of uh you know spreading out for a two or three stopper i think yeah and at, and at first we thought it was you know almost a 50 50 split and i think it ended up being only like five or six cars actually tried to go uh for the three stopper which I mean, if you asked me before the race, I mean, we kind of hypothesized that, and I don't, you know, I don't know how much that first yellow made a difference. It was only about 10 laps until we went back green, uh, you know, into the race. But uh, I would have actually thought that the three-stop strategy would have worked out a lot better uh, than it actually did in the end. So that, that kind of surprised me a bit. Yeah. After that, it was uh, Conti, Clampett, Crowder, Bryant, Keister uh, after the stop shakeout. Lap 97, Logan Pitts, then Conti a lap later. Uh, Keister, Davies, Bolin, Luza, Lowe still lead up front. Uh, and then at 63 to go, several pit. Uh, Luza pits with 62 to go, and then Conti cycles to the lead. Conti was the guy uh, really leading the charge of those guys on the three stoppers. It was, yeah. That 15th or 16th place finish for him, kind of the highest of that group. And, you know, he started 15th, he finishes 16th. It doesn't tell the tale of the tape because he led 75 laps. And he actually had uh, the fastest lap of the race uh, with a 28.57, which is pretty good for race pace uh, at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And I did find it interesting that Conti and Davies were actually on opposite strategies. It's not like those two teammates were working together. So uh, I, I just wanted to, I did find that interesting. And we talked about that a little bit as well, uh, that those two guys weren't really in sync. Yeah. And uh, Davies, uh, also a great run. Um, fun to watch him race. And I had a lot of fun watching uh, Logan Clampett too. Uh, he is so intense and up on that wheel when he's on new tires. Yeah, some drivers are are calmer, but uh, I mean, Logan's, you know, he's nearly got his chit on the steering wheel when he's driving. I mean, he is up and on it. 
elbows out and and I think we took the onboard with him after a pit cycle where I mean he's slicing high and low getting around cars Conti was doing the same thing and uh, I mean throw all of that uh, they're pushing I mean these, these guys didn't take it easy it's not like that you know 190 189 lap run to the end or whatever it was was boring I mean they, they those guys were up on the wheel and putting on a show well, it was fun for us to watch too. I think because of the different pit strategies, where you you had those five guys, you know, dicing through the field and having to swerve, you know, in and out of these cars that are, you know, seconds off their pace. You know, um, it was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm always a fan of the strategy, and and I've mentioned that. But you know, sometimes you can get the strategy where, I mean, even in this case, it was obvious that you know maybe halfway through the race or so that the two stop call was going to be the better one. But, I mean, you can still kind of have that, and it will still be exciting, like in this case, because it wasn't just, here's one group of cars fighting, here's the other group. We still had battles within those groups, and of course, the battle uh, with Luz and Keister, which seemed like that was going to be the duo to the end, uh, made it exciting. So, I like fuel mileage races, I like strategy races, but they can get boring. If there's, you know, like if Michael Conti, who was clearly the better driver, the best driver in the three-stop cycle, if we had somebody you know, five seconds ahead of the two stoppers, it would have been boring. So that kind of fight within the fight, I think, kept it entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, at one point there during that run, I mean, we had the five, uh, the three stoppers up front, Conti, Clampett, Bryant, Crowder, and then 20 seconds back were the eventual leaders fighting it out. And uh, like you said, it was Keister, Luza, Bolin, uh, Lowe uh, back there uh, getting it done. And, and trying to decide, you know, when those guys pit, who's going to end up being the leader. So after that, Keister, uh, then Luza, they both break away a little bit, but it looked like Luza was teasing Colin a little bit. I mean, he was right on his tail the whole time. I was thinking, okay, he's just riding, he's setting, he's saving his tires, he's just waiting for Colin to screw up. Colin's a rookie. Uh, you know, he's going to win this. I, I was thinking, this is Ryan's all the way. Yeah, putting the squeeze on them, right? Just kind of parking on the back bumper and, and playing with your food before you eat it. And, you know, we talked about that kind of duality between, you know, somebody like Colin, who's a rookie in this series. Uh, of course, Ryan Luza, uh, you know, a champion in his rookie season. So, you know, you talk about a comparison between the two. Uh, and I was in the same boat. I, I mean, I thought Luza was just kind of camped out there waiting for him. And uh, we saw as that run got down to the end that, uh, if he was, it was ill-advised because uh, on the long run, uh, that 75, or I guess I should say the 17 of Keister actually, uh, was the best car. Yeah, the three stoppers all pitted with 50 to go. And yeah, like you said, they I think they got back up to 16th maybe, but um, it just didn't work out for them. Uh, if they would have caught a caution at the right time, it might have worked out. But um, at 30 to go, it was Keister, Luza, Lowe, Davies, and... At some point there after, I, I don't know, maybe 25 laps, Colin pulled away from Ryan and, uh, and pulled and, and gapped him. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it didn't look like Ryan was going to win at that point. Yeah, I mean, we thought that it was going to go to the end. And, of course, uh, you know, kind of from an entertainment perspective, hoping it stretches it out. And, and actually the fact that Luza fell back all the way uh, into the clutches of Garrett Lowe, in fact, uh, you know, still gave us a, a bit of a fight to talk about. But, I mean, there was that one moment where he kind of looked to the outside, had a chance, and, 
Uh, at that point, I think me and Tim were like, oh, don't worry, he'll get another look at it. And that was it. I mean, that was kind of his one and only opportunity to do so. Didn't opt to, you know, try to move him out of the way, because I think that, that shows me that Luza was even expecting uh, to get more opportunities than he actually did. Yeah. And uh, congratulations to Colin. I mean, I thought he was a sitting duck and then he just had that extra speed on that longer run and and, and pulled away. I, I don't think Ryan dropped or anything. I just think... Uh, Colin had it done, but Lowe catched a loser right at the end. Uh, Davies was right there. Uh, coming to the checker, Davies actually wrecks with a lapper, uh, ended up finishing 11th, but he had a much better day. He was definitely a, a top five uh, car. And I think Brad Davies as well is very, very lucky. I think it might have been Overland that got into him, uh, but Brad Davies crashes. Uh, you know, you talk about the different strategies. I mean, Mike Conti and Brad Davies were both top eight playoff cars coming into this race. Brad Davies actually wrecked, blew the engine, and he was like 20 feet shy of the finish line. I mean, he was not going to finish. If he did not finish that lap, he would have finished down in about 29th position, I think. So if it wasn't for that other car coming in and, and kind of crashing him over the line, uh, it would have been a lot worse for Davies, who ends up seventh. Wow, Okay. So the only one caution and then that big junk at the checker. But uh, other than that, it was green. Uh, let's hear you uh, call uh, Colin to the, the win here. Colin Keister clear by more than two seconds. He'll become the 52nd different driver to ever do it. Rookie Colin Keister at a turn four. First career win in the Coca-Cola iRacing Series. Keister gets the Coca-Cola 300. And I love, by the way, Roush Fenway and, and how involved they are uh, in this series on Twitter. I actually saw, of course, he had uh, Fifth Third Bank on the car, which is, uh, you know, Roush's NASCAR partner as well. And uh, even their corporate account was tweeting about it. Uh, you heard me there say that that was, uh, you know, the 52nd different winner. It would have been, I think, fitting for the for the Fifth Third Bank car if he had been the 53rd, but uh, close enough nonetheless. And uh, Roush has actually now got a couple of wins in this thing uh, in their back pocket. Of course, a lot of those courtesy the last year yeah yeah nice win for him uh nice to you know he's been running good and uh, we've had him on this show he's a great young guy and uh he had big shoes to fill you know filling in for that six car after zach novak did so well over there and we also heard from nick ottinger at after the race he uh, lost connection um and that's what happened to his race but it happens yeah it's i mean he I think he mentioned that he thought he was maybe a P15 car, so qualified uh, in 26th, uh, but it happens. I mean, you talk about, you know, Casey losing the screen there for a moment. Uh, I mean, you can get back into the server, but in a race that goes green, I mean, there's nothing Nick could do, and unfortunately, he finishes uh, 39th position, which, uh, of course, well and below what uh, he deserved out of that one. Okay, let's look at points. We got Ryan Michael Luza leading by 20 over Keegan Leahy. Bobby Zielinski is three back from Keegan. Then Garrett Lowe, Brad Davies round off out the top five. Uh, any big changes in the points, Evan, we should uh, think about here? Well, we're, we're closing in on halfway, and Nick Ottinger obviously drops a lot. So Nick's down down in eighth spot. Uh, he is the cut line driver, uh, and his advantage is, I mean, it's not awful. It's 13 points ahead of Jake Nichols. Uh, but obviously that's that's not good for him. And I mean, there's there's more drivers struggling. So other than that, your, your other, you know, the rest of your top eight are still the same. It's Luza, Leahy, Zelensky, Lowe, Davies, Conti, Poland, and then Ottinger now on the bubble. 
but there's drivers who have really struggled. Uh, you know, Zach Novak is now down in a three-way tie for 16th with Bolton and T, and he's lost, uh, you know, about seven spots. I think the last two weeks, Matt Boos is now back outside of the top 20, and Keister with the win up to 24. So there's a lot as well in that relegation battle. Yeah, and a lot of names uh, farther down that I kind of, you know, like Blake Reynolds, uh, he ran so good last year. I thought he'd be run a little bit higher up. And I look at the teams, I mean, you talk about Roush and, and you know, kind of Colin filling the gap. I mean, kind of the, the three teams that have been well out at everybody else is, is Junior Motorsports, Williams Esports, and VRS. And I, and I don't think we're shocked by any of that either. I don't think, uh, you know, there's, there's anything kind of mind-blowing to that. Okay. All right. Well, we got next race two weeks from now. Yeah, we're going to be uh, off and away to Atlanta Motor Speedway, which is... Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about Atlanta personally, just because, you know, we, we talk about the the cookie cutter racetracks and, and you know, kind of how they, they do have their own unique quirks. But uh, it, it tends to be a race uh, where you don't see surprise winners. You know, Colin was the 12th different race winner in 12 Charlotte races we had seen. Uh, so who knows? Uh, you know, you kind of get in this uh, little bit of, uh, I think, tricky tracks after this, Indy, New Hampshire. So, uh, you know, if you're somebody who feels like you're going to struggle on that kind of a package, get the job done now. Uh, but it'll also be a big landmark uh, because it'll be halfway uh, in the regular season. So 167 laps uh, Tuesday, May the 26th. And uh, as always, hope everybody tunes in with us uh, at enascar.com forward slash live. I think the one thing I like about the Atlanta coming up, though, is if we were if they did the, that long run in Atlanta, a three-stop strategy might have meant more than, or two over a one or something stop strategy would have meant more because of the tire wear at Atlanta, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, Atlanta's obviously a much rougher race. Well, we're not going to be seeing, uh, you know, Atlanta at night, obviously. But but this is a track that has kind of come and gone on the schedule. We, we pretty much see it every other year. I mean, it was on the calendar in 14, 16, and 18. So we didn't see it last year as well. So we haven't really seen it with this package so you kind of look to an old Texas uh, where Ryan Luza won last year is, is kind of a way to benchmark it as well. And I know Ray Alfala won there in the pro the pro one, right, for in the off season. Um, he dominated that one to uh, as one of the races he was in, was it not? I think so, because he won a bunch of those. And of course, I think Ray enjoys those Xfinity cars way more than he does uh, these cup cars. But, you know, looking through series history, I mean, there's a lot of drivers active that have won here. Obviously, old cars, but, you know, Steve Sheehan, John Gorlinski's got two of them. Uh, you know, Brown and Lewandowski no longer in the series, neither Sturgis. Uh, but of course, then you had Busa. So you got three different uh, past winners in Atlanta that you could maybe look to and uh, those are three names that have not been some of the fastest cars this year. So maybe uh, this could be kind of a pick-me-up for them. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to watch. Well, uh, thank you, Evan Pasoko, for coming on and talking uh, Coke Racing with us. And uh, we certainly do appreciate your insight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to next week because I think next week's going to be like the first week in, in two and a half months where I'm not doing like eight different broadcasts a week. So uh, it's been fun, but uh, I'll enjoy kind of a de facto week off leading up to Memorial Day weekend. And uh, we'll go back racing in Atlanta and I'll catch you guys after that. Yeah, catch a breath and uh, we'll see you on the track. Thanks, Evan. Yep, we'll see you guys. All right, thank you. Uh, we're going to do a couple more uh, quick IndyCar topics and then we're going to uh, jump to uh, results 
and skip hardware software in the interest of time. Uh, David, we had some really bad news. I I didn't like this. Well, we got in we got into the article, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, the, there were some death threats given out, and you know you 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 give out you get it in a regular population, and there's always going to be some kooks out there that just just um, make uh, stupid threats and. So yeah, Pagano got some death threats after after the incidents. Anybody that went and did that is, you know, in my mind is an absolute moron. It's like, you know, I'm going to use a phrase that we don't like. To say. It's 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 a game. It's 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 for fun. It's why why do you even have to do this? This is why I said last week the the F1 crowd versus the NASCAR and IndyCar crowd, like the Americans and European ways to look at things like this. It doesn't help when something foolish like this happens. And now whoever did this has put a black mark even more on what's been going on. Well, and even if even in real life, uh, usually you don't have drivers turning around and and saying they're going to kill each other. They might want to crack a jaw or two. But it's um, it's just somebody who who's just not mentally stable uh, or a sociopath. One of the two. So reading between the lines here, I mean, Marshall Pruitt uh, from Racer.com put up a tweet that basically said at least one of the drivers involved in Saturday's iRacing drama at Indy have received threats against their lives via social media direct message. And all they are is people that hide behind a keyboard. And so I think pretty much everyone thinks it's, you know, Simon Pagano. And obviously it's probably some F1 fan, uh, Lando uh, lunatic, you know, fan kind of person who might have done it. Who wasn't happy with how Simon took out Lando. And you see, I thought it was kind of weird that they were letting they weren't letting any bets as up. Now I see why they didn't let bets happen. Because imagine if there was betting or odds of putting money down on something and that that happens. It's it's worse. Yeah, it's a bummer. But you know, it kind of like we were talking about earlier in the show. Tony was saying the good and the bad is all part of it, you know, but all publicity is good publicity. Uh, but, but this is the part of the bad that's going to come with it when you get this many people involved. And that rolls right into the article that we were going to discuss next. Um, there's a good article on slate.com that, and I gave it a read and basically to sum it up, this may be a video game, but what people were really enjoying about it is that the competition was real until stuff like that started happening. It was a good race until that happened. And and then what happened with Ferrucci, stupid stuff he did. But this article uh, really pointed it out to a T, you know, how those guys kind of screwed this up. Well, kind of put Ferrucci in his place. Yeah, it's um, apparently he's been in trouble in real life for the, some of the similar instance. Uh, he rear-ended one of his teammates on track. Uh, but... We've t- it's what got you really, really riled up last week. It's um, we, even though we're not actually hitting the wall and taking an injury from it, you know, we're having a car nearly go through the, through the driver's cage, uh, like like it did with Ryan Newman. We still want there to be uh, some level of consequences for for ridiculously foolish actions. Um, we still want it to be a real competition of sorts. Um, especially for us who do it every day, and it's this is our competition and our hobby. To see to, when we see them completely blow it off like that, it 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 
kind of comes off almost as insulting to all the serious sim racers. Well, I'm glad it's over. I mean, just like, you know, Evan is saying he needs a break and we need a week off. And, you know, with everybody going back real racing, I think all this stuff is winding down. I think it's perfect timing that it's winding down because of this kind of nonsense and, you know, the negative connotation. Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, Real quick, Dale Jr. uh, diecast available on the Indy car that he ran. So uh, he's cashing in any way he can, obviously. And then we had a Coke driver, Malik Ray, win his Indy 500 split. And uh, we got the audio. You got to check this out. Now, watch your ears. It might be loud. Four, if we hit, we hit. No, I'm tight. I'm tight. Oh, this is going to be it. Photo finish. Ah! Ah! Come on. Come on. Come on. Give it to me. Yes, Yes, That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, baby. That excitement right there. It's exactly what we're all talking about. Yeah, that's it, man. The thrill of victory. I mean, and you can hear it in his voice, man. He is fired up. Love I do it. believe that was top split, wasn't it? Yeah, he's a top splitter for sure. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, okay, so let's jump into results in the interest of time. Let's finish up Dover from last week. Mm. Uh, so Tom Dryling, P1. It, he took his first win with Team Tafosi. It was fixed, but still his NIS win. Congratulations, Tom. Martinsville. Oh, Martinsville. Sorry. Duh. Where did I get Dover? Yeah, Tom Tom owned Martinsville this week. Yeah, good win for him. Uh, then Friday open, David, uh, P17. Yeah, just kept getting caught up in Rex. Yeah, I don't even I don't even think, uh, what did I get? I got P12. I actually got wrecked from behind on lap 50. I soldiered on with damage. I was two laps down at one point but ended up getting two lucky dogs. This is one of those races where I thought, man, I'm so screwed. I just should park it and just walk away. But if you stay in it, you stay in it, you stay in it. Guess what? Top 12, man. That's a good points day. I'll take it. Greg, P2. What a hell of a run. Yeah, that was uh, it was an interesting night. This was, uh, <laughs> this was an experimental race, too, because it was my first uh, full race in BR. And, uh, man, is it different, uh, running in VR for that amount of time too, especially, um, under caution as many times, I think we had 23 cautions in that race. Um, but no, it was, I ran P2 to Tom, teammate Tom. Um, we had a late race restart, I think with five to go. And, uh, I, I started on the outside of him and, uh, I don't know, I was, he was pretty much the faster car than me. So I kind of, I don't want to say conceded second, but. I was hoping to drop in right behind him on the restart just so that I didn't get eaten up on the restart. And it, that's basically how it ended up and just not enough laps to see if we could run each other down. We kind of just ran, ran, you know, nose to tail for the, the last couple laps there. I was going to say, I mean, it's not very often you're right there at the lead, Greg, and, and uh, you know, you're within touching distance of it. But with it being a team, teammate, you guys kind of had to work together. Well, and Tom and I, have been running the last couple of weeks with each other, but we really worked well together in that race. Um, we did the same thing on Sunday that we did on, um, Friday night, but, um, no, Tom, Tom, Tom had a hell of a race. I think I qualified P two 
in that race and he qualified he he had to restart his computer because he just i i think i titled the post or i i titled it in our messenger i said it was the new hardware um uh, both of us had new hardware we were testing out in that race uh tom has a new 30 i want to say it was a 34 inch wide oh, widescreen monitor right widescreen there's a curve that he got and then i, I like i said i had v, vr um and i'm not even more proud of the uh, the p2 was nice and um i felt really comfortable driving in vr but i only had a 4x in that race like it it was a pretty uh there was a lot of accidents i avoided um vr has been a, a whole new experience with me i've tested out a bunch of cars in here and i've been playing with a lot of different settings and i really uh i really think that it kind of contributed to that because i've had some bad weeks and that should have been a an easy probably close to a dq for me if it was just normal for me i feel well i'm sure you're confident you know in your first race getting a good result with the vr that the vr is a good choice right oh yeah I'd, <laughs> there's there's nothing else i i understand how david feels now when he's in it um it's it's definitely a totally different experience okay david how was your race <laughs> yeah man i like martin's this week I hated Marvel. I it was every race was over twenty caution. People just couldn't drive. And I was in this one, um, it was top split. I was like the 30 car or something like that. Um and it's early in the race, like 40 laps. I get dumped on this in the second lane. I'm not even trying to get down to the bottom lane, you know, where you I'm letting people freight train the crap out of me and just trying to not you know, just trying to survive the early part of the race. And this guy just plows me over in the second lane. And then I never recovered from it. Bummer. Okay. And then Sunday open, uh, you got P26. Same thing, huh? Yeah, that was actually the race I was talking about. Um, oh, okay. I'd already talked about the Friday race. Okay. And then Sunday open, it was uh, Tom got the P10. He said, led over half the race. Got punted late on a restart after pitting. Went back to 20th, worked my way back to 10th. Had a fast ride all week, ready for the off week. Looking forward to the Indy 500. Greg, P11, you finished right behind him again. Yeah, and Tom got dumped feed. Like, Tom dominated that uh, pretty much the front half of the race. I was in the top five just cruising around. Um, give a shout-out to our old uh, teammate, uh, Joe Owen, in there. Um, he's the reason I went two laps down now, if I remember correctly, because uh, he... Uh, he got loose coming off the corner and I tagged, I tagged him and kind of just basically helped him find the wall. Um, as I put it, and I, I said to him in the chat, I'm like, nothing I can do in here. Here he obviously understood, but, um, yeah, anyways, so I went two laps down, got them both back late and kind of just charged to the field at the end. Tom, Tom and I both restarted, I think in like the high, high teens, maybe around the 20, probably around, but yeah, and uh, came to the field um, on the last couple of restarts there to get a couple of positions. I was down on RPMs and was trying to survive, but that set this week was top notch for that for when you actually got to get going in it. Um, so we did pretty good. Um, Tom, I got to give it to Tom. He he definitely knows how to drive Martinsville. He was the Martinsville guy this week. Yeah, uh, I ran Sunday fix P16. I only had about 30 seconds damage, but 20x. Uh, I had to stop and go, and, and that just ruined the race. You know, I had a, a good top 10 going. Um, I got the stop and go, 
And then when I did the stop and go, I got excessive speeding somehow. So I somehow totally screwed up because that was another stop and go penalty. And, uh, but somehow after all that, I did get back to the lead lap near the very end of the race and gathered up uh, a few more spots uh, to get it up to just having a horrible year and fixed. I don't know. Uh, and with that, let's get into final thoughts. David Hall. Slow the pace car down. Oh, oh, that was last week, actually. Now, I'm excited for the real racing to be coming back. I'm excited to, to see things gradually come back to normal. Uh, come watch my stream. Uh, uh, Greg showed me how I can actually have it talk to me now. So it's even easier to communicate with, with people as I'm racing. So By I the always way, enjoy that the is company. creepy. It is creepy when it starts talking. Well, I have it set to the female voice. Which is, Maybe which I should, should do that. Maybe uh, I can go copy paste some some lyrics or something in your <laughs> chat. Sequence. Well, you were in my chat Sunday morning, Mike, and yeah, because you I couldn't see my you couldn't see my standings because I didn't turn it on. Yeah, I was complaining because I wanted to go yeah. in and see how you're running, but I have no idea because setting up you going down the track and it doesn't have anything. I've been working with Greg, showing him how to set up how, how to set up your stream and what you see in VR. One thing that's particular about VR is what you stream and what you see in VR are not the same. Um, and uh, getting him to figure that out and where to how to set the overlays up. And they're probably not listening, but I wish Oculus would make it so that your virtual desktop to, could be translucent. Well, the other thing is, is I've been working with uh, that manager app. We got trying to get everything in there so that when I turn it on, I don't have to worry about did I turn my standings on. I don't have to worry about did I turn this on. I've been because VR normally when I was just running my monitors, I can see how many logos I have at the bottom on, and I know I'm good to go for my streaming. Well, I don't see that. As soon as I put the goggles on, I pretty much try and keep them on as for the whole thing and not lift them up because I don't want to reposition them or lose you know center and stuff, right? Yeah, but if you get that floating desktop working where it's not on your stream but you can see it you'll be able to still see those logos just in case that manager program is a good idea i just i'm so in the habit i have all my icons that i need kind of in a row sitting on my desktop that for all those different uh overlays that i just pop them all up fairly quickly uh but yeah it's it's a different world but it's fun um basically vr was what got me to come back to racing well we had a special uh special photo last night all four the four of us that run vr uh <laughs> were sitting at the finish line last night and took a picture well we actually finished in order all four of us did or like four the four was finished together sort of third fourth fifth and sixth correct okay so i also changed my stream uh, i'm doing jimmy johnson style where the bot i'm showing triples on the bottom and then timing and scoring and track map on the top so check my stream out uh, as well at Tifosi Racing on Facebook or YouTube. All right, uh, next up, uh, Greg Hectus, your final thought. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Indy 500. Uh, we got a hell of a good practice last night um, because I didn't think I would get, you know, a good race conditions test until I was in the race. And usually the last two 500s, I, you know, f felt out the uh, race as it was going to try and figure out how to do it. And I finished you know, pretty good in my last two. I finished second twice already. So let's see, uh, let's see how this week goes. Um, if you, if you want to watch, uh, how my race goes at the 500, I'll be streaming, uh, Friday night. And I think 
Sunday morning I'll be doing it as well. I'm not sure if I'll do the Saturday one, but uh, you can watch me at twitch.tv slash frozen cactus. Frozen with two O's, cactus with two K's. Okay, very good. Tony Gross, final thought. Well, we better change this to final thoughts. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on, so I haven't had a chance to do this in a couple of months. Um, first things first is uh, since Real Racing's uh, coming back, so is the Fantasy Draft. That is uh, up and running, working, so get your picks in. Uh, Greg, I hope you still got that prize on hold. I know I've uh, I've still got the one that I said I was going to come up with. Yeah. Um, perfect. Beautiful. I'm... Uh, it's not a done deal yet, but uh, things are in place, and uh, it'll it'll be ready here. Well, it'll be ready long before the end of the season. And uh, I haven't done a, too much racing. I've been hearing a lot about uh, cautions. I heard like 29 cautions uh, last week. Said no, thank you. Um, but I think the the next race is the 600, and I do not miss that one. I love that race. It's a long, grueling one, but man oh man is that a lot of fun and uh well let me uh let me bookend this with um the iRacers lounge podcast aftermath every other week so we'll be recording uh next friday a little uh little deeper dive into some of the topics that uh you know we cover on the main show and then you know usually uh the the filler is just a bunch of uh rants about whatever seems to come at the top of our heads so check us out on that you can find that on uh pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast the aftermath will will be there very cool with the aftermath giving us additional content for all of those listeners who want more because one week once a week isn't enough uh and so we need more content and uh what a great way uh tony you're you're doing a great job over there providing that um some additional stuff for our listeners so thank you uh, my final thoughts is, uh, man, I got the Indy car. I, you know, you guys talked me into it. I think I skipped it last year, but I'll do it this year because it's off week. Normally, I think we would be running NIS or something, but uh, I don't have nothing to run this week, so might as well. I got the weight jacker uh, mapped. I got to figure that out tonight. Um, I've never really messed with the weight jacker, so that's, uh, you know, something I'm going to learn. So uh, I'll have to figure that out. Uh, as far as the 600 goes, not a fan of the long races, but I'm uh, anxious to get back to it. So uh, with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.